Well, my name is PJ. Um, I'm one of the pastors here, Pastor Ensign Puro. They are on a, on a breakaway. They are at Hotwater Beach for a, a well-deserved rest. And so it's my privilege to bring the word today. We've been doing the series on Rewire. Uh, if you haven't been able to listen to or not able to come, you can go to YouTube and you'll find Elam Church Hamilton and you can find all the services that we have been doing since we've been going online. So that's good. I'm married to Yelta. If you don't know me, we've been with Elam here in Hamilton since a couple of years now, three, four, I just lose track. But uh, Yelta and myself have been a part of Elam since 1992. Uh, we've been pastoring in Dunedin and Chairua, and now we are placed here, here in Hamilton. So, um, so I'm glad you're here today. Glad you, um, you know, you're tuning into God, um, because that's what it's all about when we are together. We want to tune into God. Um, you know, there is so much going on in the world at the moment, uh, and we can talk about it till the cows come home, about what's happening in the world and what this one says and that one says. Um, but in the end, um, we are not going to talk about the world. Although the thief wants to steal and rob our peace in the midst of it in this season and sowing doubt and fear in our lives, um, but we as believers, uh, the Bible tells us, do not conform, not conform to the pattern of the world. And there is a real new pattern start to establish in the world uh, to undermine everything that we think that was good and that was holy, undermine that. And so we need to be aware as believers that we do not conform to the pattern of the world, but that we as believers are going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that is not just a one-day wonder. The renewing of our mind is a constantly for us believers. Every day, we need to keep renewing our mind because we get bombarded through social media or anything like that about all kinds of news. And if we don't watch it, uh, it starts to sow in our lives. And that is really not good for us as believers. We need to be standing on the Word of God. So then I love this scripture. It says, No eyes have seen. No ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those he loves and that he will reveal it by your Holy Spirit. And so that is just a phenomenal scripture. And I think we rather focused on the kingdom of God, what God has to say, than what the world is trying us to entice us into. And I'm not saying that we need to be ignorant of what is happening in the world, but we need not have to come under it because we are believers and we know already the outcome anyway, that Jesus has won the victory already, okay? And Jesus said, I have overcome. You will have trouble, but I have overcome. So that is really good to know for us um, that we don't keep conforming to the pattern of this world. So what you think is very, very important because it's not only what you think, but it's also your emotions that's going to be attached to it, how it's going to affect your brain, uh, what you're going to say, and what your actions is going to be or your behavior. So your thinking is just paramount. And um, so everything what you do or not do, uh, everything that you have at the moment or don't have, everything that you already have accomplished and have not accomplished in your life, 
that has all to do with the thought life that you had so far. And I know it's a bit harsh, but this is actually the truth. Because it says in uh, Proverbs 23, verse 7, it says, as a man thinks, woman, so he is. So everything what we see from each other that has all has arisen in what's, what's happening here uh, between, uh, on our head. I'll tell you a wee story we had uh, in our fostering life. Um, uh, we were asked to, to take care of a, of a girl at about age of eight who was in hospital who had been through a very traumatic uh, situation and obviously found it really hard to process that and, um, and, and showed all kinds of behavior that was really bizarre. And so she, her parents obviously were not able to cope and, you know, uh, uh, SIPs in those days, or social welfare in those days, it's OT now, Oranga Tamariki, uh, they came involved and she was placed in hospital because they were at wit's end. Obviously she did not belong in hospital, she was not physically not sick. And she did not belong in a psych unit either because she was only eight years old. And so they, I don't know how they come to us. But anyway, we got a phone call. Would you please see this girl? Because she needs to have a, a placement. And, and the first thing we heard, because she's quite crazy. And so when we went, Yalta and myself and the staff, we said, oh, you're going to see the crazy girl? Um, and her mum also said, she's, she's so crazy. And she told herself that she was, are you sure you want to take me home? Because I'm very crazy. So we did go home, and as usual, we always pray. In those days, when we had a child coming into our home, we would pray and ask God, what is his take on it? And if we had to take this child, and sometimes we didn't take children because, because God said no. So he said yes, and we thought, oh, God, help us. <laughs> And I said, Lord, Lord what, is, what is the plan? What, is, what do we need to do? You know, because God knows everything, so he's the best one to ask. And so he, he, I remember as clear as a bell, he said, you need to tell her that she's not crazy. The only thing I want you to do to believe in her and she's not crazy. So talk to all our children. We had a few of those. And we, uh, on the plan... She looks crazy because she behaves so odd and so bizarre. Um, but we need to tell her that she's not and call for what she is. And so then we went on this journey, and I can tell you it was a challenge. It was a huge challenge. I can't tell you all the ins and outs, but it was a challenge. It challenged Yelton and myself to the core in our parenting. But we keep persisting, believing that... God would make a change. And we had lots of people, other people praying for her and we never did any deliverance at home or any rebuking of nothing of that, believing that God is able and love her and tell her the truth, you are not crazy. And you know, within four or five weeks, we saw a change coming upon her. It was like a beautiful exchange took place because she started to believe and to think that she wasn't crazy. And then all her bizarre behavior, so bizarre, all faded away and came to nothing. And she became this beautiful, beautiful girl. 
Now you can see how powerful it is when we think something because we behave like it, we act like it. How powerful that is. How powerful that it was for this little girl, but how powerful it is for you and for your situation and what you think and what you think is true about you. So we have far more control about our thinking than we think we do. Um, but we need to take control. Because if you're not going to take control of your thoughts and your thinking, I can tell you it will start to control you and your life and your future. So Ephesians 4, verse 21 24 says, When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regards to your former life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by his deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your mind, and put on your new self, created like God in true righteousness and in holiness. So we all been had an old life. Maybe some kids here who have still been born again at an early age, but we all had an old life. Wow, that is, you know, we had some serious wrong thinking. I did. I'll tell you a story soon. And then you had this new life. This is in Christ Jesus. Put that on. Put everything on what's in this book. Put everything on what God says about you. Put that on. You know, I had a crazy thought for decades that if Yalta leaves home, uh, he would get an accident. And you know, he would not just break his leg, it would be really serious, of course. And the more I, in the years I thought about it, it would get really serious. Uh, he was in ICU, but you know, it got really worse in the end. Uh, Yalta was dying, always. In the end, after all these decades of believing, when Yalta wasn't home, uh, he would die. And um, no, then I was left by myself with all the children. And you know, you know the story, don't you? Can you imagine? It doesn't take much to imagine, isn't it? <laughs> I planned a thousand and one funerals. So when Yalta and me became funeral directors in a season of our life, I knew exactly what to do. <laughs> it was not healthy, people. I was a miserable ass. As soon as Yalta left, I had this stress and all this weird thinking. I, I had bizarre thinking. And um, I was miserable. Our kids were miserable when Yalta was away because, you know, I had this fear that I would get this phone call. Those days we didn't have cell phones. We still had, you know, a phone. And if then the phone went, you were just panicking and all of that. Till God put the finger on me and said, this has to stop. Yeah, it's easy said and done. <laughs> it is. It is easy said and done. But you know, by the grace of God, I'm free. I walked out of that prison of this, of this fear, and I walked out of it. it. It was not an overnight thing, I can tell you that. But I need to tell you, it did happen. And now I'm free. Yalta, you can go away now because I'm happy as... <laughs> Oh, gosh, we need to have a laugh, isn't it? 
So our mind is seated in our brain. And so I'm going to put it down. So put, get your hands out. Two hands if you need. Everybody's got two hands. Yes? Right? Put them together like this. So that is your brain. This is how big your brain is. Yeah, got it all? Yeah. Some people got a bit of a bigger brain than others. <laughs> but we all got a brain. So if I move my left foot, and then it means that this part of my brain uh, is operating. And the other way around, if I move my right foot, then my left part of the brain is working. So that means that only left-hand people are in the right mind. Oh, Lord, help us. <sighs> anyway, our mind uh, can multitask. Our mind is phenomenal. And we ladies thought that we are the only ones who could, could multitask. Uh, no, that was a big, fat lie, because we all can multitask. Because our thoughts come from outside, and they come through our senses. So we hear things, we see things, we taste things, we smell things, and we touch things. That is all information that comes in our mind. And sometimes we can see things, we can hear things. Uh, I'm touching somebody, um, you smell some good coffee around, whatever it is. And, and when I talk about coffee, some, you're already thinking, well, I'll have a long black and I'll have a mochaccino. Thank you very much. Um, so, um, that all comes in our mind. It comes in like sound waves and light waves, and then it gets converted into an electrical current. It's just really cool. And thoughts and images come in our mind. I mean, it all happens like in a split second. And, you know, your brain performs about 400 billion actions in a second. And you say, well, I'm not aware of it that my brain is doing that. Well, just as well. Yes. Because, you know, you don't tell your heart to beat. You don't tell your lungs to, to, to breathe. It, it all happens. But it's all orchestrated just in our brain. So that's true. So I, and then memory, which is information, is also stored in our brain. It's just like branches on a tree. And a new nerve, it can hold a lot of info. And the more branches you have on a particular nerve, uh, the more memory. And I can tell you, you will never run out of memory. Isn't that awesome? Awesome, because we sometimes want a computer with more memory, but really the biggest memory are we carrying ourselves. We have a huge capacity to store memory. So then our free will is also stored in the brain. So our free will uh, is a gift of God uh, because it's all given to us. We have all a right to choose and to think for what we, what we, what we want to think about. We, it's a free will. We're not made as robots. And so that means that's all good, but it's also a huge responsibility for all of us because there is so much information coming to us, uh, not only what we hear, see, but, you know, social media and all of that, it's just overwhelming what kind of info comes to us. So we choose every day. Every day we choose uh, many times because circumstances 
changes, things happening, problems arise, and so then we, we go into action with our, with our thoughts and, and what we hear. And um, you think, well, do I have to accept every thought that, come, that comes in? No, you don't. But we think we do. You don't have to accept every thought that comes in. There is a moment when a thought comes in, but we're not practiced enough. But we need to stay, stay pause. And in that pause, it says, be still. <laughs> we all know that verse, be still. Well, sometimes we need to be still in our mind because sometimes too much info is coming at the same time to be still. And in that moment, we can decide if we're going to accept that thought or not. And if you say, no, I'm not going to have it, it will go just in hot air. Off you go. But if we accept the thought or the image and we meditate on it or we worry about it or get anxious about it, it gets actually placed into your brain on one of those trees. And, and it will find that there is anything else there in that same direction. So if you have a mindset that is really worried about something, as I did with Yalta with his funeral and all of that, oh man, I had a huge file in there. Because I've been thinking so often and so, so deeply and meditating on it. So that was a huge file in my brain. So as soon as Yalta would leave, that, and I was thinking, oh, here we go again. And that file would just pop open. And it didn't take much. I was on a railway track with all the thoughts about what could and might happen. And it's the same with you. You might have some really big files in your mind. They are not really useful. They are sabotaging your life. They are, keep you in prison. They, they, it holds you back from what God wants you to be or to do. So then I think, you know, God has not given us a spirit of fear, yeah, but of love, power, and sound mind. It's a beautiful spirit. That is the original intent of God. He has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, power, love, and a sound mind. That is originally change. And so as soon as a thought comes in, or, or an impression, or an image, doesn't, I mean, this world is all about images and all of that. You can choose. Are you going to the fear sign? That's what I call it. You can go to the fear sign, or you can go to the love sign. And if you go to the fear sign, and build a whole lot of toxic, negative thoughts around it, and it gets seated into your brain. You know what your brain does? It's gonna produce chemicals and hormones that are not really good or helpful, and they're gonna search through all your body, and it's gonna affect your body. It's not only affect your peace, it's gonna only to trouble your heart, but it's also going to affect your body. And that we need to take hold of that. But if you decided to go on the love zone, and even though something not so good happens, and you go from, okay, I acknowledge that. We're not going to be ignorant. We're not going to be avoiding. 
We acknowledge what is going on for you or your situation or a problem. All right, I recognize the problem. But I believe that God is able. I believe that God finds a way through. I believe God can lead me to quiet waters. I believe that God can restore my soul. That is the word of God. The word of God is powerful. It is active and it's alive. But it also says it is like fire. It is like a hammer. And so, you know, when you have these strongholds, where am I? I have no idea where I am. <laughs> Cheapest. This is a, okay. Okay. We can demolish arguments and strongholds, yeah? To bring it to the obedience of Christ. That's what it means. It's not that we not acknowledge that we've got mindset and strongholds, and we all got a few. Don't think you are exempt. We all have them. But today I'm going to challenge those mindsets and those strongholds uh, because you need to take captive of the thoughts that are sitting around there because otherwise it will take you captive. And I know I was captive for many, many years about this incident, but it's not how God wants it. God, want, God wants us that, to, that we are wired for love. We are not wired for fear. That is our original intent, that we are wired for love. And God wants us to have a clean mind. So, um, and then you say, well, what, what do I think about it? Well, I just gave you an example, but it says in Philippians 4, verse 8, it says, yeah, think about these things. It's not that we don't know what to think about. God says, think about these things. Everything that is true, that is holy, that is praiseworthy, you name it, think about these things. That's what. You think a thought might be harmless. You know, if it's rage or anger or bitterness or disappointment or jealousy, uh, you name it. It comes all out of that, that fear, negative box. You think it might be harmless, but it is not harmless because it produces toxin in your brain. Have you got this photo of, of the, the trees? Yep, see, positive thoughts, you grow a healthy tree. Nice, good, makes you feel good. And if you're building on negative thoughts or go into the fear sign, your tree doesn't look so good at all. And that, that negative tree will produce negative chemicals, not only to, to steal your peace, but also bring dis-ease to your body. That is a big thing, people. That is a big thing. So it says, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. That is God saying. Don't let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. And for they are life to those who find them. And what else? They are health to your whole body. Your whole body. So did you know, I found out that 87% of all diseases. That's what scientists now say. Find a reference point of the way we think about things. That is enormous, isn't it? So the way we think that has an effect, not only to your mind or to your heart, but to your whole body. 
you know, the story of the spies. You know that story? They were just allowed to go to the promised land. It was promised. Their land, it was their land already. Twelve were allowed to go in and have a look. And, um, you know, sometimes people, you send 12 people somewhere and they all come with a different report, isn't it? We do. But 10 decided that although it looked good, but there were giants in there and we surely couldn't go in there. They made up their mind that that was a no for them. They couldn't go there. And two believed that they could. Oh, no, we surely can go there. You know, it was disastrous for their life, for those 10 people. But it didn't stop there. Because a whole nation of that generation of that nation never walked into the promised land. Because 10 people made up their mind that it was not a good thing. How powerful is that? And you know, they were all excited that they could go to the promised land. That's why they went out of Egypt. They were already being captive. And they were being captive for another 14 years. And then that generation never saw the promised land. That is just sad, beyond sad. And we think, oh yeah. But you need to think about your own life, about your own family. Not about what you see today, but what you see in the future for your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren. The way you think or the way you do life affects them. You know, you can do a reno job and you're nearly finished and you still have to do some painting. You've got to paint. You've got to brush. And the job gets never finished, but you never open that can of paint. And then the can is open and you and get never finished till you put a brush into the paint. That get never finished or totally renewed until the paint is actually going onto the wall. And it's the same. You can read this beautiful book till the cows come home. But if you're never gonna apply it to your life, you will still be captive. You will still be in bondage. You will so sabotage the plans that God has for you. And they are for good to give you hope. That brings me to our last story. Two sons, father. I think he was rich. And so the youngest was sick of the life with his father. And he said, I want my inheritance because I think I can do better. And the dad in his grace, he said, okay, gave him all the money, give him his inheritance and send him off, most likely with a heavy heart. And so there's this son, goes party, 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 eats up all his money with others until there is nothing left, nothing to show for. And then there comes a famine in the country. There was nothing to eat. He had no money, no friends, no nothing. So he ended up of the pigs. They had something to eat, but he had nothing. You imagine, you're sitting yourself with a whole lot of pigs. They're dirty and mud and stink and blah, all of that. It says in the Bible, he came to his senses. In the moment he came to his senses and he recalled 
where their dad was. Dad probably had plenty of food to eat, not even for themselves, but for all for the servants. And in that moment, he acknowledged that he had sinned. And he said, I go back to dad. If he, if he doesn't want me a servant because I'm not worthy. Maybe you are here today and you think, well, I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. I'm, I'm not, I can do it. Whatever you tell yourself that is sabotaging you and your life, the life of abundance that Christ has for you. And so he gets up and no pig in the world, no mud, anything, could hold this young man down because he made up his mind that he was going back to his dad. Nothing could hold him. His mind was free. And so he walks back home. And you know the story. Dad was already waiting, probably looking out for days, hoping for his son to come back. And as he is, you know, his father was compassionate and loving and restored him again in the relationship. So maybe you are here today. Maybe the Holy Spirit has pointed out some mindset or a stronghold in your life. Don't pass it by. Because if the Holy Spirit points it out to you, he's more than able to help you. And if you're not able to do it by yourself, get somebody else to pray with you and go on this journey to become more free. Sometimes we don't need to get sick to get better. But we just need to free our mind, which holds us captive or sabotage us. Let's all close our eyes. Father, we just thank you that you are God who loves us. Father, I just thank you that you've been speaking to people about their life, about their mind. And Father, you are the God who's gracious. You are the God who wants us to be free. It says where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty, there is freedom. And so, Father, I speak that, that God may arise in people's life and all these enemies in their minds will be scattered. If you're here this morning and you say, well, I don't know about that, about Father. Well, he's here. And he wants all, us all to come home. But coming home, I mean, he wants to have a relationship with you. And if that's to, that you today, just echo the prayer in your heart. Dear Father, I acknowledge that I've sinned. But I accept that Jesus died for me on the cross so that I could have life. I ask you to come in my life so I can have a relationship with you, not only for today, but for eternity. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.